This episode of The Thinker's Manifesto is brought to you by The Thinker's Workshop, an educational library and online community that will help you become a better thinker. Learn more at thinkers-workshop.com. That's thinkers-workshop.com. I bet you have watched an American football game a time or two in your life, and you probably know a decent amount about the sport. You may even be one of those people who knows the rules of the game so well that you can easily spot a penalty before the ref blows his whistle. So I want to ask you a simple question about the game. Ready? What does the quarterback say when he wants the ball snapped to him by the center? Did you say, hut, hut, hut? Then you're right. But why do quarterbacks say this? Don't know? You're not alone. Joe Theismann, the former quarterback for the Washington professional football team and an All-American and Notre Dame, believes he has shouted hut more than 10,000 times in his career. And he doesn't know why either. To quote, I started when I was 12 years old and I've been hutting my way through football for 55 years, but I have no clue why. End quote. It turns out that hut is actually a derivative of the word hike, a term that was the brainchild of one of the most important figures in football history. You may have heard of him. In fact, they named an important trophy after him. Welcome to Thinker's Manifesto, a podcast series that will help you think better. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. John Heisman is a coaching legend. His career spanned the 19th and 20th century, coaching football teams from Auburn University, Clemson University, Georgia Tech, and the University of Pennsylvania, to name a few. Heisman was a tireless innovator. He introduced the forward pass, divided the game into quarters, and even introduced the concept of a scoreboard. And of course, one of those innovations was having the quarterback yell the word hike to start the play. There's another innovation he created that would profoundly change the way the game was played. The audible. Heisman instructed his quarterbacks that they could change the plays he called while the quarterback was at the line of scrimmage. His rationale was simple. No coach can perfectly predict what the defense will do. So quarterbacks need the flexibility to change the play based on how the defense lines up. Today, audibles are widely used, especially in professional football. Calling an audible as a quarterback is hard. You have to quickly assess how the 11 defenders are lined up, inferring their rushing and coverage intentions from that arrangement, and then determine the best play to combat these intentions, all within seconds. Not to mention, quarterbacks take a huge risk with an audible. If the call is not communicated clearly to everyone on the offense, or the quarterback makes the wrong call, the play could end in disaster. Drives can end, games can be lost, and entire seasons can be ruined because of bad decisions at the line of scrimmage. 
takes a lot of mental fortitude to be a successful professional quarterback. And it's one reason so many college standouts can't find success in the NFL. In business, especially in a startup, you will find yourself calling a lot of audibles. It's inevitable as your business plan, the offense, moves your idea down the field against the resistance of the defense. In this case, the market. Episode 13, Dealing with Change. There is a famous quote from the Prussian military commander Helmut von Moltke. Quote, No plan of operations reaches with any certainty beyond the first encounter with the enemy's main force. End quote. You may have heard this before, but in a slightly different way. No plan survives first contact with the enemy. Former heavyweight champion Mike Tyson said it even more bluntly. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Or in business, no plan survives first contact with the customer. In business school and military academies, students are encouraged to remain flexible while implementing their plans while still staying within the overall strategy. In the U.S. Marine Corps Book of Tactics, the authors actively encourage Marines to avoid overly prescriptive orders and instead find ways to combine tactics to meet the situations they encounter. Even the great business theorist Peter Drucker, who created the concepts of management by objectives and self-control, states in his 1993 book, Post-Capitalist Society, quote, unless an organization sees that its task is to lead change, that organization, whether a business, a university, or a hospital, will not survive. In a period of rapid structural change, the only organizations that survive are the change leaders. End quote. We think a lot about change in our organization, developing the skills that are required to stay nimble in our efforts and humble in our approach. But there is one thing about change. It's not easy. It's a struggle between managing the vision of an idea with the execution of that idea as the market sends you a continuous stream of feedback, both good and bad. And there's another thing about change that most people don't appreciate. You need the right people for change to work well. After months of working to refocus our efforts, we launched the Thinker's Notebook and app to the market on October 1st, 2019. Jared and I anxiously waited for our first sale, and thankfully, a few people purchased, and then a few more, and then even more. Things started to take shape. We found that people would buy the notebook, download and register for the app, and then join our Thinker's Workshop community, just as we had intended. And the best part? People were asking questions and sharing their opinions about the product, especially about the app. But it quickly became evident that to better meet the needs of our customers, we needed to hire some people. This was not a simple proposition. First, we needed to find people with the right technical acumen. Given the complexity of the app we wanted to build, this was not going to be easy. Second, we needed to find people who believed in our vision and mission. And finally, we needed to find people who were comfortable with change because we knew that we would need to evolve our products and processes based on our interactions with customers. So how do you find people who can meet all three criteria? For us, it started 
by writing down our values. Values are the beliefs that guide your actions. It is the way that individuals and organizations prioritize what is important to them. Values matter because they frame the operational context of an idea, what you will or will not do to achieve an idea. And for us, finding people who aligned with our values was just as important as their technical or personal skills. So we wrote them down. Now, this was not some boring corporate mission statement. It was a story about the type of environment we sought to create and distilling those stories into an easy-to-remember acronym. Basically, we wrote about the type of company culture we wanted to have, and more specifically, the type of people we wanted in that culture. Yes, every great idea starts by writing it down. But for an idea to be adopted by others, it needs some guidepost. What is allowed and what is not? This is especially true when you start involving others into building on your idea. They need to know its boundaries so that as they contribute their efforts, they can follow along the path you laid out. For us, our guideposts were enshrined in our company culture document, outlining the values we think are essential. As we started the hiring process, we knew the key elements we needed to include in the job description, and more importantly, the qualities we needed to screen for in interviews. And it worked. The people that were attracted to the job opening liked the values we shared. Not all of them met our criteria, but a few did. People like Daniel, who joined to lead our iOS development effort because he had already been working on an app to help people reach their time management goals. Or Micah, who joined to help with our online community effort. She was attracted to the opening because of her passion to help others reach their goals. Yes, they had to have certain technical skills, but they could apply those skills anywhere. What they wanted was to apply those skills to build on the ideas we were pursuing and for a company with our explicitly stated values. They knew that this would be a place where their skills would be valued and they could directly contribute to making our ideas and our products better. Change is never easy. It requires a certain mindset that embraces ambiguity and is comfortable making decisions that could be wrong. It requires a mindset that appreciates the reality that what you create today will change tomorrow. And in a new company, especially one as ambitious as the one we want to build, we knew that it would require a special type of person. Lucky for us and our customers, we found the right people who were excited about our ideas and shared our values for confronting a changing environment head on. In the next episode of the Thinker's Manifesto, we bring our journey to an end and reveal the answer to the question that started this session. What matters more, an idea or its execution? The answer is perhaps not what you expected. I hope you will listen in.